On this episode of AV Week, we take a look back at the year that was 2021. What was the biggest stories, what the big te- biggest technologies, and some of the biggest surprises. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 541, recorded December 30th, 2021. Peace out, 21. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. And by Daylight, the leading producer of high-quality projection screens worldwide. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss... Not exactly the news, but we'll get to that in a second. First and foremost, um, I'm, I didn't realize how many New Yorkers I, I gathered for this year-end show, but let's kick them off with them. Uh, Charmaine Torella uh, from the New York, uh, Bronx area of New York. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, also with us is Frank Patakala. Holy crap, we found him, uh, and we, <laughs> we, we got him to sit down for, for half an hour. Uh, how are you, Mr. Patakala? Brand new from, from our, our friends over at Audinate. Doing well. Thank you. Awesome. And uh, the other New York part, we've got somebody else uh, also not in New York. Dan Farisi, um, brand spanking new at, at Commercial Integrator. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much. Yes, coming here from Portchester, New York. I have no idea where on earth that is. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the first bar taco in the world was. Absolutely, it is. So, okay, so in, in the last person, that last voice you heard, if you're listening, is, is Bradford Ben, who is technically from New Jersey, but he lives in Orlando now. Uh, how are you, yes. sir? I'm doing okay. It's a lovely day in the neighborhood. Tons of tourists. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's the end of the year and it's it's Orlando. So um, apparently, according to the the local forecast here, I'm going to see snow here in St. Louis uh, by the time this posts. So that's going to be fun. Uh, but by the time this posts, I will not be here. I will be in Vegas uh, as long as CES uh, figures out a way to happen, and we'll talk about COVID and all that jazz. Um, so here's what we do on this on this episode. It's the last one of the year. We're actually recording it the last week of the year, which is not normal for us. We typically take a couple weeks off in the studio, but uh, things happen, and, and we, we needed to be here this week. So um, two questions, and, and with Charmaine, we are going to start with you on this. Um, what is the biggest story? What is the biggest thing? What is the biggest technology? What is the biggest, oh, my Lord, thing that happened uh, in the world of AV in 2021? The biggest, oh, my God, is the acquisitions, the acquisitions, <laughs> the acquisitions. That's, to me, the biggest thing. You know, during COVID, um, the first acquisition, I think, that happened during that time was Kinley and AVMI or a merger or whatever. Well, hang on, hang on. Right as it was, so we can, we can, we can differ on this, right? Yeah. That right before it happened was the Whitlock SPL right. thing. Right. right. So it was right as it was like February of 20 of 20. Go ahead. Correct. You're right. February of 2020. That happened with AVI, SPL and Whitlock, then Kinley and AVMI. And then yep. all these bigger acquisitions in 2021 with AVI, SPL, SKC and Diversified and HB. And the last one. So at the last, the Exertus and Alma. Holy cow. Yeah. Huge. That is the hugest. And I was like, oh, my God. With these acquisitions, so I think the biggest thing is 2021. The acquisitions, you know, the the big ones. They weren't small. 
They were very sizable, remarkable, which is going to change the face of the industry in 2022, right? What's the competition going to look like? What is uh, working, you know, for integration? You know, how is that going to look like for everyone? How does that, that landscape is now completely changed with these acquisitions in a big way. So we got to see what happens, what develops in 2022 with these behemoth AV integrators now and distributors and see what happens. You, you say it's going to change the face of, of the industry, and I, I, don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, think the, the, I, I personally think the biggest one is the distribution, right? I, I think the, the, the Exertus, formerly known as, as Stampede here in, in North America, and Almo um, acquisition, that, that's the biggest thing that happened in, in 21 at least. Do you think it's going to, be, it's going to change the, the face for good or for bad, or we don't know yet? I think we don't know yet. I wouldn't say good or bad, but it's going to make some changes. That's okay. going to influence changes amongst a great many in this industry. So I don't know what that means, but it's going to either make uh, AV go change a little bit of course to a different direction, to a different model, or incorporate something that they've never incorporated before. But that kind of change, not necessarily bad or good, but I think the change of we're going to do something differently. All right. Uh, Bradford, same question to you, bud. Uh, what you you've uh, got a unique perspective, Bradford. Now is as a consultant for various folks. He's signing off a lot of NDAs this year, so I'm surprised he's even able to talk to us. Uh, so, what was the biggest thing to happen in 21? To me, the biggest thing that's happened, and I, I want to choose my words carefully on this, is there's been more exclusionary specialization, uh, and by this I mean there. And I've seen this on a few different counts of there are people who just do house of worship and people who do conference rooms, the two never meet. And if you talk about conference rooms, someone dismisses you because they do houses of worship and it doesn't apply. I've seen higher ed talk with houses of worship and same thing of it doesn't apply. And it started to become exclusionary of my system has this unique set of things that no one else understands if they're not working in my vertical market. And that's gotten a lot, a lot more active than previously. Uh, and I think part of it is COVID and people working from home and having to, to kind of laser focus on customers. And I think part of it is because of all the acquisitions, there's a certain amount of we're this big behemoth that does corporate and this is what everyone knows. So we're going to do corporate. Uh, so I think that's kind of being a bunch of, of the prop, not the problem, but a bunch of the situation. Uh, I know, you know, I've been doing this since before Sophie was born, who you're taking to see a Broadway play this year. And previously, you know, I could talk with the house of worship person and a performing arts person and have the same conversation. Everyone was perfectly happy. Everyone would trade ideas because they're amazingly similar system uses. But now it's starting to become, well, this is what I focus on because this is what gives me the highest return and nothing else matters. And that's why I'm saying exclusionary siloing of, you know, and it's at firm level as well as at 
individual levels of there have been a couple firms I have called and worked with. We're like, no, we, we're not interested in that. And I'm like, I have money. Don't you want money? Yeah, but it's not our core market. I thought your core market was making money. And I'm, I'm being a little facetious, but hanging ceiling speakers in a house of worship and hanging ceiling speakers in a theme park is hanging ceiling speakers. You know what I mean? It's but they've become exclusionary of, this isn't my core market, I'm not gonna spend time on it. And I think that's a result of, the, of all of the mergers and acquisitions. And I think it's, everyone's becoming so laser focused on this is my specialty, I can't do anything else or else I dilute my product. And I, I think that's been the biggest surprise for me you know, we can also talk about the elephant in the room of COVID and all and how it's still going on. But I'm going to put that aside of it's been a lot more exclusionary than I'm used to in the industry. It's an interesting, interesting perspective. Because, yeah, I, I'm I, that's one of those things that that when it comes to mergers and acquisitions, you expect and, and, I, and we'll pick on the big one because it's easy. Right. SPL. Um, SPL doesn't say that they are a corporate um, AV company or their house of worship AV company. They're an AV company, right? They don't care where they right. hang, hang the ceiling speakers. Uh, and I think that's an interesting perspective. Um, and I can say, and that's kind of, but that's, we'll use AVISPL. If you look at AVISPL and all their acquisitions and you look at their overall size, the vast majority is from conference rooms. Uh, just by looking at their website, yes, they've done theme parks and yes, they've done sports stadiums and yes, they've done airports. But if you look at their current portfolio of what they're doing, it's been much more reduced to we're doing command and control and we're doing conference rooms. We're yep. just doing corporate. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would, you would, you could take a look at, at uh, number two on that, on the SDN top 50 and that's diversified. They have uh, no pun here. They have diversified and they have been able to go in different areas, including broadcast, right? They're one of the major players in, in the broadcast and game day experience markets and corporate, right? And this one over here. So, yeah. And like even your your company, that the company that bought AV Nation, Conference Technologies, Inc., what do they specialize in? As the, as the chief marketing officer, that's my job to change that perspective. Actually, that's a very good point. Uh, is because the the name right and branding and that's a whole other issue we'll, we'll get into later but yeah that right there yeah uh frank you you've uh you joined uh the folks over at at uh at dante at audinate so from from your perch taking a look back at 21 what is uh what is the biggest thing to happen uh before i get into that can i just say bradford and charmaine uh, what they said is essentially the yin-yang of AB at this point, really. Because there's on one end, uh, companies getting bigger, and on the other end, there are people who are becoming more niche. And I think that's definitely going to be a trend that will keep growing uh, in you know the coming years. I, I feel that in order to survive, uh, getting a niche may not necessarily be a bad thing. Uh, although, from Bradford's perspective, and from, you know, I'm sure a lot of people will complain that, hey, it's the same thing. Why can't we necessarily be doing that? Uh, but I think that niche uh, specialization was, is here to stay. Uh, now, to your question about the biggest technology news of 2021, 
hey, if 2020 was the year of the QR code making a comeback, I think 2021 was the year Facebook made a comeback. And to me, what? the biggest, the biggest technology news is they're rebranding as meta, you know, uh, and not necessarily because they've changed anything per se. I mean, obviously, they've that, they that, about, Yeah, that's where my pushback comes from. They didn't yes, change that. I agree. Right. I mean, they, the, they have, the they have a is, superhero mask for a logo, but beyond that. It, agreed, agreed. But the point is, I think the renewed interest uh, to be a part of the metaverse, which is something uh, that they're promoting and with virtual reality and AI, I think there's a lot of potential there, right? Because what happened is every year at the end, uh, since COVID, in, in COVID era, what we do at the end of the year is we kind of cross our fingers and hope that the next year is going to be the back to normal year, right? Uh, I think we should just forget about that whole back to normal thing because there is no back to normal, at least in my perspective. Every year is going to be a new set of challenges. Just when you think that you can, yes, we've traditionally done our trade shows, or our conferences, or office spaces. Here we go. Here's a new strain, right? Yeah. So I think at this point of time, people need to start thinking out of the box. Is the metaverse the answer to that? I don't know. But I like the way it's going. There's so much potential. That and, you know, if, if you don't know what an NFT is at this point in blockchain, I'm not going to talk to you. Uh, but right you used an acronym. Yeah, that's non right Non-fungible non, non token. I was prepared for that. Uh, okay, said, define metaverse next. Well, no, so hang on. You can't do that. that you, he, that's, not, that's not an acronym necessarily. No, I'll, I'll gladly define it, you know, again, because it's easy to define. Nobody has a proper definition for us because whatever I say is going to be my definition of it. Uh, so essentially, the concept is that we're taking Sims or, uh, you know, uh, uh, an, an alt. Yeah, don't, a gaming, don't say Second Life. I'll, I'll sec don't say Second Life. <laughs> and we're making it real with a transactional value, with, you know, an opportunity to you know, create something different, you know, and the advent of virtual reality headsets and AI and everything, I think it gives an opportunity for people to think outside the box. You know, is it going to happen? Is it going to be a passing fad? I do not know, right? But I like that, and I like that the, it was the, for me, that was a huge thing from a technology perspective. But without a doubt, you know, I'm also going to echo what Bradford and Charmaine said. The acquisitions were great. It's uh, hopefully, you know, it's a good thing. A lot of times I feel that AV, although we work on the bleeding edge of technology, our processes are pretty much antiquated, right? So maybe this will shake things up. So, you know, technology news of the year for me is meta and metaverse. All right. Very good. Our our, uh, our host of the XR star, Amelia Coleman, will be very happy uh, to hear that. We'll, we'll make sure that Absolutely. All right, Mr. Farisi, uh, give us give us your two cents from where you're sitting. You know, what was the biggest the biggest stories of 21 for you? I think that the biggest story for 21, and I guess you know, I'm cribbing off maybe uh, you know Market Watch or the Wall Street Journal. I think has to be the supply chain because it's had such a tremendous effect throughout the commercial AV industry. And I think about it in a couple of different ways. One of which is the integration community. 
I was talking to uh, Sean Hansen from Logic Integration, our integrator of the year over at Commercial Integrator, uh, and he was talking about something I've also uh, heard from Chuck Wilson and uh, Tom LeBlanc at NSCA, which is that a lot of integrators are looking to kind of change their payment terms, get more money up front, and as a result of that, procure the equipment much, much sooner than they otherwise would. I think this could be a, a long-standing change in terms of getting rid of the uh, JIT, just-in-time model, where you're getting things at the very last minute, and then you just kind of install it as soon as you get it. Now I think integrators might be better served to get a much larger chunk of their uh, payment up front, procure the equipment perhaps months in advance, stage it in their warehouse or you know wherever it is, have it ready to roll as soon as the project gets going, rather than having the project be delayed by weeks or months or an indeterminate length, because when the time comes for just in time, nobody's able to get the products that they need. So I think that's something that Sean was telling me from Logic Integration's point of view. And I think that, that could really be a, a longstanding change. Again, just the end of this just-in-time model. Um, and I also think, since we were talking about Exertus and Almo, um, distributors, I think, are going to be increasingly empowered if the supply chain issue uh, continues. Because I think when you have an organization with the scale of whether it's a TD Cinex or an Exertus Almo Pro AV, they very well could help with procurement, they very well could utilize their team to kind of alleviate some of the difficulties that a, an integrator or a, a vendor might have in terms of getting supply for an important client, an important you know application. Um, that's something Sandy Stambaugh was talking about on a webcast two or three or four months ago, that leverage our team to try to help you get the product you need when you need it. And I think, you know, Exertus Almo Pro AV could probably do the same kind of thing with their vendor partners. Leverage our team, our sales team, our in-house resources. Take the, a little bit of the burden off of you as an integrator or a consultant. We'll help get you and your important clients what they need. It's an interesting new dynamic and an interesting uh, offering. From from the diverse from the the, the, the distribution model, right? Mm -hmm. Where in addition to you know engineering services and programming services and things like that nature that they've evolved over the years, is they're now able to, to warehouse and and stage things. That was going to be kind of my question to the four of you. What Dan mentioned is, is getting rid of the just in time, which we honestly got that from 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 Wall Street, right? Um, publicly traded companies started reducing their 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 inventory, started reducing their warehousing because it was it was better for the bottom line, right? Uh, and we're talking about Dell and, and others like that. And so integrators started going, okay, sure, that sounds great. We can reduce our warehouse costs. We can do reduce our footprint, reducing our, our spend on a monthly basis, whether you're leasing it or you're, or you're buying it. But what does that do to that, right? Is it something where we have another middle person, another middle company in the, in the middle that acts as a warehousing for that? Or... Do we have larger corporations, larger integrators like the top 50 SCN getting back into warehousing, buying more more square footage and doing it themselves? Well, both. Yeah, I think both. both. I mean, I used to work at AVISPL, and I know one of the best uh, game they had in town is housing a lot of that stuff, buying ahead, especially when COVID came about. They went ahead and they bought a lot of things upfront that they felt were going to be necessary for a lot of the upcoming things, whether they had the projects in hand or not, and they warehoused it, which caused, added to some of that supply chain shortage that Dan is referring to, right? So, Absolutely. So the big, the top threes did just that, but also the distributors, not only did they have that in bulk, but they also had the brilliance 
of saying, okay, right now we're noticing that higher ed wants these camera packages where they're, you know, we're going to package this and we're going to just make a skew out of a package of this type of application you could plug and play and we'll make it available to anyone, whether it's, you know, consultant, whoever, integrator, and they can just buy it and just not think about designing. It's already pre-designed, pre-sort of pre-designed, predetermined, and we'll do that. So they're also on that track, distributors doing that very same thing and packaging that also with some services or maybe some installation, because one of the things I think we spoke about a little earlier was labor shortages. The thing that no one wants to see, it's coming it's coming and the distributors know it's coming. And so now they're folding that into some of the services that they're offering with the products. All right, we'll get to the coming in a second. Bradford, I'll have you wrap up this. What, what, where does this go for with just supplanting just in time? Well, actually, Charmaine brought up a couple of the points with the packaging, but when you look at the overall size of companies such as AVISPL, they're a billion dollars a year in revenue. That's bigger than I believe every pro audio company. Yes. I know when I left Harman, it was a billion dollars. Uh, but I'm waiting for the day where instead of AVISPL or Diversified or Almo, or sorry, I forget, Exertus, Exertus. buying and packaging stuff, they're just going to call a contract manufacturer and go build this for us and have our own product so that I'm not saying they're going to have a vertical monopoly, but literally it's kind of like, you know, if you want this, we have all the parts kind of like if you've ever seen a McDonald's be built or a Starbucks or other things of, you know, Oh, how many seats do you want? How much of this? How much of this? Okay. You now get six, six fryers, eight of these, eight of that. And I think that's something that's going to, that's a little bit of a surprise that can happen as a result of all the mergers of some of the companies, instead of actually buying and stocking product, building their own mm -hmm. and being able to be a little more, this is the product we need and it's only for our market and us. Remember I said exclusionary uh, siloing and specialty. Yeah. If all you do is conference rooms, that's it. You can build a perfect conference room box that matches your conference room design. Yeah. And I think that's going to be one of the other things that changes. One of the interesting things, uh, if you've ever seen The Founder, um, it's a story of Ray Kroc, the, the guy who actually really did McDonald's. One of the interesting pieces in there is the fact that McDonald's is not in the burger business. McDonald's is in the real estate business right uh in the construction business and go watch it it's fascinating uh where he turned the corner along with the really smart uh gentleman who helped him realize that um frank we'll kick off this this future casting portion of of the program uh with you take a look at 22 um what's going to be the biggest things the biggest headaches the biggest joys the biggest omg moments of 2022 I think the biggest trend, in my opinion, in 2022, if it's not already a thing, uh, will be managed services. You know, we're going to have people bundling, packaging, you know, and relying a lot on the cloud and trying to take things away from on-prem model things. Uh, it's already happening in production, in broadcast with Remy models, because, you know, traveling restrictions, you know, 
off uh, uh, off-site processing and production, I think it's going to continue to the other uh, places. And, and again, uh, there may be hope yet for more standardization, uh, and that is something that I will keep saying every year. Hopefully, that'll be a thing. Uh, I don't know if it'll happen, but there's always hope. Uh, but yeah, for me, managed services and cloud. Uh, especially when there's so much of supply chain issues. Uh, if there's a way to negate an actual piece of hardware going to site, I think people will start trying to do it. I, I will warn you, I, I went, I've been doing this this very episode for, I guess, 10 years now. And I don't know how many Every years I said this. this. I don't know how many years I said Cisco was going to buy a control company. Uh, and I just kept saying it because I figured eventually it would be true, right? Uh, until one year, I said, "You know what? They don't need to because this is as 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 control was migrating over to the network, and they owned the network anyway." So you know, yeah. But exactly. I, I I just keep hammering at it. You'll either eventually be right, um, or <laughs> you'll come to my conclusion and say, "Ah, eh, we don't need anymore." Right. Um, Dan, uh, what's what are we looking for 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 twenty two? I think what I have my eye on for 22 are the people who compose the industry. And I think about that in a couple of different ways. Charmaine has talked about the, the labor shortage. That absolutely is true. I've heard a lot of people talk about a lack of qualified and trained personnel, qualified, trained and certified. I think integrators and consultants and everyone are going to have to consider how to utilize the resources we have within the industry, whether it's NSCA's Ignite program, stuff Avixa is doing, to try to lure people to the industry, try to get them excited about a career in commercial AV uh, and try to get them participating in certifications that are going to make them more marketable, a higher quality employee, better trained. I also think related to that is the embrace of diversity, equity and inclusion throughout all aspects of this industry. Um, I've heard about it more in the last 12 months than I heard about it in the years before. A lot of that is due to the great efforts of people like Frank and people like Charmaine and the Avixa Diversity Council. Uh, NSCA is going to you know, do have a diversity initiative of its own. Um, and I think part of giving us a stronger, more robust commercial AV industry, a better trained and a better staff commercial AV industry, is recognizing the value of different perspectives, different backgrounds. You know, you know, people talk about, for example, the Supreme Court looks better is better when it looks more like America. It's not just a unified, homogenous perspective. And I think a, a less homogenous commercial AV industry, a more heterogeneous industry with different perspectives, different backgrounds, but still robustly trained with their CTSs and CTSIs. That I think is going to be the future. That's what I have my eye on for 2022. A, a more diverse, more heterogeneous, but also better trained and you know uh, equipped AV industry. All right. Very good. I like that. You and, all, you and I almost got into, into words, though, depending on how that Supreme Court statement just went. So, uh, Charmaine, uh, I don't get much political on here, but if you want to know my, my policies on or politics on that, you can email me. Um, Tim at avnation.tv is how you get me. Charmaine, what do you look ahead at 22? I'm never, just to say, never afraid to get political. That's me. No. <laughs> but here, here on what I like, you know, definitely Dan's take, which I definitely agree with 100%. Um, that's one of the trends I definitely see is going to explode in 2022. But another trend is as a service. As a service now is a model that I think is going to, it's starting, it's now taking hold, it started taking hold end of 2020 after this COVID situation 
now in 2021 it started coming about and because I do a lot of services and I sell a lot of services for my company I see where the as a service model for whether it's integration managed services whatever is now taking hold where clients are like okay we're gonna make a deal with you we know we're gonna need these things in the future we want to make sure that we can afford it we want to set ourselves up um, let's make a plan and how this plan looks, you know, instead of the just in time model, let's do an as a service model. You know, it's, that's where I see that's starting to take hold with integrators. Integrators are welcoming that integrators are changing their business processes to be able to bill for that because traditionally integrators don't often have that model or they don't like following that model. They like the money up front and they're not into install payments, which IT's, you know, for a long time had no problem doing. But a lot of companies that had the as a service model during COVID, it kind of helped sustain those companies. And I think that's what they learned. They learned that like, oh wow, we're not getting new business, but we had these monthly recurring things that is sustaining the revenue and sustaining the company. Imagine if we added more and then, and that's what I think people learned towards the tail end of this situation. We got to do this more. So now a lot of integrators are thinking about how to bring this as a service model, whether it's going with the Zoom as a service, you, you know, Zoom as a service solution and implementing that or Teams or what have you, or doing it differently and doing their own, you know, as a service model for their own build or even for break fixes as a service on a recurring basis. You know, for two, three years, I've locked down literally customers for two, three year contracts off the top this year because they're like, okay, we're gonna plant this, we're gonna stay firm, we're gonna secure ourselves and you're gonna stick with us. Consistency, predictability, and um, pans out well for both sides. Love that, perfect, yeah, absolutely. Um, and some, one of those things, though, you, you said there was was the, the the services and stuff. Those monthly, the ability to, to kind of amortize that and, and absorb that over time, that does get into a little bit of the bigger folks and goes against a little bit of what Bradford was saying with with the niche, unless those niches have a significant capital up front, right? So if you if you can, let's say that a system costs a hundred grand for a house of worship, we'll pick on house of worship for a second. Um, and if you, as a company, as a business, you can absorb that and you can say, okay, we're going to, we're going to charge 10%, maybe more than what we would have. And we'll get $110,000 out, out of however many years, if they're able to do that, then cool, awesome, groovy. Right. Yeah, exactly. And if they, if they, yeah, if not, if they're too small and they're, they're <laughs> not, they're not heading down that road. If they're too small, they're definitely not going to head down that road, but the medium size, the bigger companies are definitely look, they would want to head down that road. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And also for the stickiness, you know, it's also about client retention. You know, you want to do it because you don't want, you know, you don't want the client, you know, slipping to another competitor so readily after one job is done, you know, the one and done and then, okay, then we'll have someone else do this. No, you want to keep that person with you and, and make that alliance. It's a, helping you to make that alliance. So you want to do that. You want it for your longevity. You want to do that. You don't want everyone to jump ship so readily help keep the alliance. And that as a service model helps you do that. 
Bradford, as usual, you will have the last word, sir, uh, on not only 21, but 22. Where, where are we headed next year? So I see a few things, and this is going to be a shout-out to our friend Josh Shrago. I think this is going to be the year that people get fed up with cable and Internet access, fr- access franchises because 5G hasn't happened. People are working remotely. All these as a services require solid, reliable connectivity. And I think this is finally where title changing things to a title two utility and going to true network neutrality is going to come as well as being able to actually have choices for your internet provider, just like you do for your cell phone. But right now five, you know, everyone's like 5G is going to change everything. Well, only Verizon has 5G currently. And I'm in a quote unquote 5G zone because where I am right now, there's no 5G. I have full bars and get like one megabit a second. So I think that's going to be a big change of the, of the world. You look puzzled, Tim. The reason I have full bars and one one. No, the, the reason I, I would the 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 five G zone and you don't have any. That's what I was <laughs> puzzled at. I'm within within sight of Disney, and they have and they have all, yeah. They have five G. I can I can point the cell towers out next time you come back, but they have five G, and the bandwidth is still being over saturated by all the customers the tourists, the actual use. And it's been this way for months of you can have full coverage and connectivity to the cell tower, but not have enough bandwidth to get out to do anything. It's kind of like, you know, one T one line getting into a business office now is not enough because that's your bottleneck. And at home with Mark Coxon's work havens, they has been talking about where you have the full nice, office and you need your connectivity you're going to be on zoom you're going to be managing a service you're going to be doing all these different things and if your internet's not reliable there's going to be all sorts of problems so you know i think it's just a matter of time where it's going to become unbundled uh from being a franchise Uh, because the way it works right now is the cable slash internet provider makes a deal with your local town or county to have the right to put in all of that. And now as the citizenship is starting to go, this isn't good enough, they're going to have to pick it up. If you look at Burbank, California, about 10, 15 years ago, they spent a whole bunch of money as a municipality putting in fiber. The reason was, is that was their key to attract business Mm. because Disney is right near there. There's a whole bunch of production studios there. You start looking at it, and that was the key, was the infrastructure. And they took it away from the cable company and made it a public utility as part of it. And it's been, having been there, it's amazing. It's good price, fast, reliable, et cetera. And I think that's going to be one of the big changes that comes out of this year and comes out of all the services and all of this interoperability, you know, people are going to want to use the metaverse. Well, they're going to need a pipeline to connect to it. And you can either have a pipeline or a straw and people are going to get sick and tired of having a straw. And they're going to say, where's my pipeline. And 
Title II is going you know, it's going to become a utility, just like phone and power of connectivity is a requirement. I was going to say, for, for, those, for those of our folks that are listening or watching outside of the U.S. Uh, and are perplexed by what Bradford just said, this is a 50-year-old it's a 50-year-old system, right? Uh, and, and I say that as someone who's damn near 50, right? This was in the 70s that, you know, local municipalities, they made a chunk of change by, you know, Bob's um, cable service would come in and say, here, you know, my hometown of Alton, Illinois, which is right on the river across from St. Louis, here, Alton area, we're going to give you $50,000, let's say, right, or $100,000 50 years ago. But we're your we're your guys, right? We're your we're your cable providers, um, and they they held a monopoly. And then when when Bob's got sucked up eventually by AT and T or Comcast or or a Charter uh, Spectrum, depending on where you are in the country, um, th- that those monopolies have held. So you know if that is what happens, Bradford, it will become more of a um, European, you know, Korean version of, of the internet. And, and I would absolutely love that. So. Uh, it's it. kind of like the breakup of AT and T in the late 1970s. Yeah, the f- four or five times it's happened since the 70s. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, that's that's another political thing that I'll, I won't get off on that, and the fact that there's three media companies in the in the world. But that's a whole other issue. We're out, out of time. Um, I thank you all so very much. I appreciate it, um, Charmaine Torella. Uh, thank you, ma'am. Uh, how do people get a hold of you or Varex? Get a hold of me, Charmaine Torella on LinkedIn, exactly as my name is spelt. I'm also on Twitter, and if you want to reach me at Varix, it's C, my last name at Varix.com. And Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. By the time this posts, it'll be 22, and I'll still be writing 2020 on, on my checks. So, uh, Bradford Ben, thank you, sir. Uh, how do people connect with you or the advisors? Uh, it's always your pleasure to talk with me. Uh, you can find me at advisist.com, A-D-V-I-S-I-S-T, uh, and um, Bradford.Ben at Advisist. I'm on the Twitters. I'm on the LinkedIn. I am not on Facebook. I am not on Instagram. I am not using, I am not using any meta products. All right, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how do people hook up with you, connect with you? I don't you? know how to top that. I um, know you don't, but I'm still going to make you do it. <laughs> I am Frank Patakawa, and you can find me practically wherever there's social media. There's, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, and most recently on TikTok. So. Uh, wow. Okay. What, what is your TikTok handle? Uh, Frank Patakawa. Oh, there you go. All right, Mr. Farisi, uh, how do people connect with you or, uh, or Commercial Alligator? Uh, so if you want to connect with me personally, it's Dan Farisi Edit on Twitter. You can also uh, follow Commercial Integrator on Twitter at comintegrator or go to commercialintegrator.com. All right, very good. Uh, for me, for Tim Albright, do not follow me on the Twitters because at this point uh, I am still a Bears fan. Um, God help me, I'm still a Bears fan, but that is what I'm complaining about at this point. Um if, if you want to physically see me in person, here's where you can in the next month. Uh, assuming everything still holds and, and Omicron doesn't get the best of us, uh, I will be in Vegas for CES. Uh, actually, as this post, that is physically where I'll be. And the week after that, I will be with Crestron in Long Beach, California, uh, the very next week. Uh, after that, um, pro- possibly hanging out with our friends over at LeGrand, um, back to Vegas. Uh, and then I will be at ISC Integrated Systems Europe the 1st through the 4th of February in Barcelona 
from there, we'll have to see whether or not the Spanish government lets me go or not, uh, what I do for the rest of the year. So, yeah, check those out. Um, but go by the website, if you would, please, avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others, including we're recording this on the 30th of, of December, uh, including birthday boy, Mr. Matt Scott's show, uh, who uh, he, he hosts Resi Week uh, every single week. So check that out. So all that and more at Aviation. Oh, uh, one more thing. Um, by the time this post, the next round of the Aviation uh, Reader's Choice Awards will be out. Uh, this is the voting section. So you all have taken the month of, of December and you've said this is our, our, our nominations. And now you all get to vote in a round robin uh, bracket system. So... Uh, this next week will be uh, the first round, uh, so it'll be Monday through, I guess, Saturday uh, or Sunday, um, and then on the, from there. So check that out as well on the website, avianation.tv. That is avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs>